Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, today's episode is one of my favorites we do every preseason. It is the capstone where we go through and rapid fire opposite of a normal deep dive. Just a very shallow uh just a skimming of the surface uh to recap our thoughts on all 32 teams as we head into the season of course wednesday's episode will be a full-on week one preview with all of our plays for week one which hopefully there will still be some value on the board by the time we get there uh the board has been getting smashed (laughs) this week i don't know that there's gonna be a ton left there but we'll still we'll still handicap every week one game uh happy labor day to those of you who are workers out there grinders uh and if you're grinding angles uh either sports betting or actual angle grinder uh happy labor day um and andy with that you want to set up the format here a little bit we're going to go through all 30 teams. We're going to just use the 32 markets. Even. <laughs> We're going to go through, well, I said 32. I thought you said 30 teams. 30, well, maybe I did. Who who, who, who could know? You I mean, technically, technically the Bears and the Seahawks are teams. So, yeah, technically. We'll them. So, technically. yeah, just like we said, the, the normal deep dive is like, hey, holy shit, this is an hour and 45 minutes. Well, we have hard outs when we're recording this today, so this is not going to be long. In fact, I may limit you to a sentence on each Perfect. team. Maybe that's um, the rules. We're going to go in reverse order of the power rankings determined by the market sentiment right now. So uh, we will finish up with the good teams. We're going to start, and, yeah, we'll just kind of we'll go back and forth on who gets to say the first sentence. It can be a run-on sentence, but if I hear a period – I am going to hit the. I should have the button bar for this. It's like hit hit the buzzer on you hard. But uh, yeah, Houston Texans is where we're starting. Not my thirty-two ranked power team because I do think they have some upside on the offense here, but uh, very, very clearly not a team built to win this season. Low expectations for these guys. Worst roster from a talent standpoint on the defensive side of the ball, but. Davis Mills potentially a year two leap with Brandon Cooks and Laramie Tunsil as your two blue chip players. I do think there is upside with this Texans team, just not enough to get involved with in the betting market. Yeah, I was hoping for some more upside. I didn't like the coaching hire. Uh, tough luck with your your rookie having some health issues. Obviously, we hope he gets better soon. And yeah, it's just uh, between all that, it's a very bad roster. It's going to be very hard to see this team surprising in a meaningful way. Atlanta Falcons, I'll start off with. This is actually a team I have lower than the Houston Texans at certain points. Although I saw some nice things from a certain young quarterback or two in the preseason. So maybe a bit of a squirrely team offensively. I think Pitts can take a big step forward, but too many roster holes to, again, be competing in a meaningful way or surprise with uh, what they're giving us on defense for sure. Yeah, really solid young nucleus of blue chippers, Kyle Pitts and and Drake London and uh, A.J. Terrell on the defensive side of the ball. But that's about it. Everybody else who's coming and returning here is huge question marks. I think this is probably your 31st worst defense, uh, but I do think the offense can finish better than 31st. Uh, which in general makes this a team that I'm going to look for opportunities to bet their overs game by game, just because as long as Mer- Marcus Mariota is healthy, the uh, the market is too cool on him. He is not a bottom five quarterback. He does have some uh, X factor with what he can do on the ground. So I think, um, you know, cautiously optimistic that there'll be opportunities to take the points with the Falcons and or bet low totals to the over. Uh, take us when the uh, uh, monsters in the midway. Bears. So the 30th ranked power team by market is the Bears. I have them 32nd. I think this is the worst overall roster from a talent standpoint in the NFL, and they have done their young quarterback Justin Fields 0.0 favors with the way that they have rostered this offensive line and skill position group. Uh, he is, uh, you know, they, he he was always a guy that 
I was concerned about uh, getting the ball out of his hand quickly. Uh, and you have made that problem that much more difficult by not giving him anyone that can create separation and by putting him behind a bunch of guys that wouldn't start on any other team in terms of an offensive line. So uh, this is dead on arrival, really. And I would expect that if they have any high spots from any veteran players that they get traded in season because this is a, a true, as true a rebuild as I can find in all of football. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I'm going to go all positives on the Bears. They have gotten rid of Pace and Nagy. Um, New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said it all. They didn't help Fields. It's it's a really bad spot for them. The New York Jets um, need to figure out what they have with their young quarterback and have suffered the worst kind of fate when that sort of uh, that sort of roster and that sort of decision making because their young quarterback is hurt and might not even be ready to start the season. We don't think he will be. You're not going to be able to tell where you need to go with this franchise by playing games with Joe Flacco. You don't have a choice. So I guess upside for the, again, bad roster, not good, not good in a, a bunch of different spots. I mean, we're, we're low. They're not good all over the place and we're not even getting to evaluate the quarterback. So this is rough. My yeah. hopes for this team is he gets healthy enough where they can at least see where they're at and decide if they need to move on for the BYU product. Okay, so I'm I'm not going to go bad roster. I disagree with that a little bit. I think 2 to 53, you know, quarterback's the most important position and they have a bottom three quarterback. Um, but in, from 2 to 53, there is talent on this team. They have done a decent job of uh, kind of stocking up in the trenches in terms of where they've invested top two, you know, top flight cal, you know, um, uh, capital in the draft the last handful of years. They have a bunch of wide receivers who are projects, but could you know potentially break out. They have uh, you know a enough safety is going to jail. A safety who's going to jail, but uh, they had what seven players that they released in cuts that ended up on other teams. So it's like they have a decent decent uh, talent depth wise, but in a very crowded AFC, they are clearly uh, in the bottom with the Texans in terms of expected to expecting to do anything. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a good season for these guys, is, you know, Robert Sala saves his job. If, uh, they can develop, uh, you know, develop Zach Wilson to the point where they don't feel like they have to move on from him after this year, but I am not seeing that. So moving up to 28, the 28th rated power rated hashtag team. one pride. I can't believe this. The market thinks that the Detroit Lions are the 28th best team in the NFL below the Seattle Seahawks, which is kind of bananas to me. 4.7 uh, points below average in terms of uh, just general generic power ranking. That's crazy. This team is, is relatively talented. Goff is not a great quarterback who's going to elevate a roster to a Super Bowl contender, but he's certainly good enough to get a young, talented team with a coach that makes good decisions and just generally gets his guys to play hard for him. Um, they're going to sniff the playoffs, in my opinion. I think uh, you bet on upside in terms of uh, you know breakout potential for Aiden Hutchinson and defensive rookie of the year. I think you bet on upside and coach of the year potential for um, – for uh dan campbell uh and i think uh the first half of the schedule which is relatively soft you're going to see a lot of opportunities for the lions to get surprising wins ultimately i think this team can finish 10 and 7 and sniff a wild card uh and i think uh you know aiden hutchinson defensive rookie of the year is the only bet i would uh if i could only have one bet on this team that's where i would hit yeah we both bet him we like him i think he's not the most talented defensive rookie for a career standpoint, but he has the most opportunities this season. I love that bet. I'm not as hot on the uh, Lions as far as betting on them for over win totals and things of that nature. There's still a big gulf to overcome. They still have some spots where they need to improve, and they still are probably a minus in the quarterback position. But, yeah, they should not be below Seattle. I feel that's a little disrespectful. I will move on to Seattle and say – Similar and I guess pushing back a little on the Jets thing, like the Jets have talented players. They just don't have enough in one bunch or one positional group to move the needle. The Seahawks are kind of like that in the same way, but they have a good wide receiver room that is going to get absolutely wasted because just like the Jets, they're missing at the most important position and it feels even worse in this spot because you have a wide receiver one who's sealing us all pro who is going to get the ball thrown to him by players who you know, might not be in the league in a year or two. So 
really rough, really rough spot for this team. And, you know, just like we talked about on the, the preview, the defense did what they could last year. That doesn't seem sustainable. This defense probably gets worse than it was last year at times. And it's, it's not, it's, it's devoid of a quarterback. So this could be a real rough year, but boy, there's some high picks out there for a team like this. Yeah. I think even having Seattle at 27th right now, in terms of market rating, they have an opportunity to go down. Um, this defense in terms of talent, in my opinion, is bottom five, clearly. Um, you brought up the wide receiver room, which has, is maybe the bright spot of the offense. The O-line might be fine, you know, serviceable, yeah. but I don't have any faith that Geno Smith or Drew Locke is going to be able to elevate this team whatsoever. Uh, hard schedule, hard division, um, and uh, in general, uh, a coach and a GM that I do not believe in their, uh, their vision. Uh, for constructing a team or for how you run an offense and how to compete in the year 2022. So until those guys move on, I am a seller of the Seahawks in totality. Moving on to, to the Jags. Yeah. Another team that I think it, you can be cautiously optimistic on. If this team finishes 26th overall in terms of power rating at the end of the season, I will be surprised. The major, major reason for optimism. There are two. Trevor Lawrence is entering year two. He should take a leap in terms of his ability to produce uh, at the NFL level. And in order in, to help him, they have an adult in charge in Doug Peterson now, who at least through this portion of the preseason is getting glowing reviews in stark contrast to what we heard this time of year last year about Urban Meyer. So I think um, in what is the weakest division top to bottom in the NFL in the AFC South, the Jaguars could surprise take home a South divisional title, in which case their ceiling all of a sudden looks a lot like last year's Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think this is a realistic outcome, but uh, certainly if there is a, a surprise team in the mix for the AFC playoffs, it is the Jaguars, in my opinion. Yeah, and we talk about this when we make divisional bets. Uh, I didn't like a, a long, long price on like the Steelers because there's too many other good to decent teams in the division, whereas I am really out on the Texans and we'll get to the Titans as well. That's why this does feel like a decent long shot. Like you said, the biggest thing is a grown-up being in charge, uh, which is kind of like a redo of last year. All right, let's see what would happen if we had someone who cared about the team in, in place. And It'll be really interesting <laughs> to see what they can get out of Trevor Lawrence this year. So excited to watch that. Um, uh, excited to see the development at the quarterback spot there. Yeah. As we move to a spot where I don't, the New York Giants – Daniel Jones, I guess preseason doesn't mean everything, but not real high on getting anything further than what we've seen from him already. I like some of the things he can do with his legs. I don't know if he can become a, a full-time starting quarterback in a long-term plan for a team like this. It is a team who does, again, we're moving up. This team has some nice pieces here and there. But if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to do much. You're not going to surprise anybody. You know, even in the weaker the two conferences, I don't have this team as someone who, you know, will likely compete for a wild card because that is their absolute ceiling. If Dimes does things, they could compete for a wild card. I'm not there. Yeah, stock down on the Giants over the balance of this preseason. I, we came into this uh, preseason cycle with a little bit of cautious optimism just because the Dable hire was good, because the uh, GM hire was good. You want to know what stock down looks like? Go look at the pictures of the Giants GM uh, reflecting on the reality of how bad this team is, how bad this roster is, and how unlikely they are to compete this season. The market currently ranks their offense 29th, which tells you that the Daniel Jones experience is over. I agree with that. The market is telling you that this defense is about 18th ranked I do not agree with that this defense is bad and I think ultimately this Giants team probably finds their way into the bottom three in the NFC with the Bears and the Seahawks uh, and uh, if they don't finish fourth in the NFC East it is only because the next team the 24th ranked Washington Commanders implode uh, with the locker room turning on Carson Wentz which is entirely possible um, this is the first team uh, in the ranking so far where I think we have a little bit of a broad range of outcomes. I think there's kind of a narrow range of everyone we've talked about so far, but the Washington commanders could, could, could find some 
uh, stability under Ron Rivera and surprise to the good and be in the mix for a wild card in a weak NFC. But I think more likely than that, Carson Wentz drags these guys down in terms of offensive uh, potential with the mistakes that he is making. Um, and overall, uh, you know, the fish rots from the head in Washington. And until Dan Snyder is gone, then the Washington commanders can uh, uh, can basically go F themselves. I think, uh, Andy, real quick sidebar. What are the chances that uh, Daniel Snyder picked the commanders as a team name specifically so he could call himself the commander in chief? 100, 120% higher than that, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. And, yeah, at this point, we are at the 24th-ranked team, and the best quarterback we've talked about is Jared Goff. I mean, that's all I have to say about this team. They have some nice flash pieces on defense. They have a couple of nice offensive weapons. But if you don't have a quarterback, it's really hard to shoot up the rankings unless you have everything else working and an innovative coaching staff. I respect Ron Rivera, but not enough to take – what they have here and make it into something good. Speaking of bad quarterbacks, Pittsburgh, we're going to see what Mitch Trubisky can do in a new, I guess we can see him in Buffalo, but see him in a new probably starting role here before we end up likely seeing some rookie time. So for me as a casual observer, maybe not even as a better, I hope this team sucks out loud on offense under, uh, you know, Mitch and we get to see more of the rookie just so I get to see what that's all about and I can make some decisions on this team going forward uh, otherwise elite defense especially in certain spots it's tough to be an elite defense if your team doesn't score a bunch that puts a lot on you but you're going to have some huge flash plays TJ Watts going to be on sports center and that's going to be the most exciting part about this team so far yep super tough super tough schedule super um low expectations for the offense even though you have moved on from the bloated cor- corpse of ben roethlisberger uh, this is still a, an offensive system under matt canada that i do not buy uh, which i think lowers the potential for pittsburgh getting wins this season i see this as a four or five win team i think all unders are fair to look at i think there are weaknesses on the defense that people are, are not acknowledging uh, and again, uh, I think once you get to about midway through the season, the most important part of the entire 2022 campaign for Pittsburgh is evaluating Kenny Pickett's ability to play in cold weather, wet weather conditions outdoors with his tiny hands. And we will learn one thing or another about his future for the Steelers uh, in the months of November, December and January. So moving up the rankings to Cleveland Browns. They're 22 now, but by the end of the season, this is a team that's probably going to be power rated in the top half of the NFL. Um, currently, the offense is expected to be about 25th, which with Jacoby Brissett under center sounds exactly right to me. Defense expected to be about 8th in the NFL, which considering some of the strengths across that defense sounds about right to me. So team that could keep things together, win with defense, win some close games with the running attack that they have because the Cleveland Browns, to me, a team that looks brilliant playing with the lead, a team that will not come from behind if they find themselves at a deficit, uh, and uh, they just need to kind of hang in there around 500 until Watson comes back. If Watson goes 5-1 and one down the stretch, this is a wild card team. If he goes anything less, they are on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Yeah, like we – this is one of, our, one of our more recent ones. I ended up – live on the podcast kind of coming to the realization that it was a parlay with too many legs for this team to end up in the playoffs. Like, yeah, you need for Jacoby Brissett to play through the tough middle part of the schedule with some aplomb and then a player who hasn't played live football for 18 months to come into a new organization, a new team, a new coaching staff, a new, you know, scheme and play really elite ball for the last six games or so to get this team in the playoffs. It's a big ask. I'm probably not there. It's going to be tough in the tough AFC. I'm more of a 2023 Browns fan. Yep. Um, the New England Patriots, basically a team that we've seen year in and year out, figure it out in defense by midseason, expecting more of the same. In fact, you got your old defensive coordinator in town again. He should maybe even help with that. The unfortunate part about this is Mac Jones wasn't asked to do very much. We didn't get to see a ton out of him. We're not sure if he actually has any more upside. 
you lost your star offensive coordinator for the last decade or so, and you've replaced him with said defensive coordinator <laughs> and a special teams coordinator that left and was fired from a head coaching job. So I worry about the coaching here, and I don't know what – I don't like that because if you wanted to take the next step with Mac Jones, which is what's necessary for this team to succeed again, you're probably doing it in the wrong ways. Yes, uh, the entire offseason from a coaching staffing standpoint to a roster building standpoint suggests one of two things. Dolchek is not ready to build around Mac Jones or he has completely lost his marbles. And we will be asking ourselves these questions all season long as we try to figure out what exactly is the plan in New England. This defense lacks major, major, major talent all of a sudden, uh, particularly in the secondary and the offense. Even, you know, they've, they've literally done everything they can to prevent Mac Jones from taking a year two leap, which is crazy because he was the best rookie quarterback we saw last year. With that, we move to Carolina. Yeah, we're, we're, up to, yeah. we're up to team Number two 20. that's sabotaging their quarterback. <laughs> Bear, we're, we'll keep it oh, coming. Bear, uh, yeah. Bear, yeah. So far, we're at Bears and Patriots. There's yes, more. That, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are the team number 20 right now. This is a stock up. Um, they are currently expected to be the 20th best offense, 12th best defense. I agree with that take that there is bullish uh, potential here for the defense, especially if J.C. Horn can get healthy and can give you any kind of a year two leap at the cornerback position. Um, but Baker Mayfield, I'm not ready to buy in on him at all. I think I, you know, I am too recently uh, wounded by him from last year and his his antics in Cleveland, and I will not be cheering for Baker Mayfield to do anything this year. That said, um, you know, if he plays like he played two years ago for the Browns, then the Browns, I mean, excuse me, then the, the Panthers in a weak, weak, weak AFC, NFC South could, uh, you know, get to nine wins. I think that's their ceiling. I think the most likely outcome is a six and 11 campaign. Yeah. Like, uh, real simply, it does probably just hinge on if you get Baker of 20 or Baker of 21, because Baker of 20 probably takes advantage of the DJ Moores and the Robbie Anderson's and, you know, even even some of the other pieces that you have, you have a pretty good tire, uh, running back who can also catch the ball. You drafted a rookie tackle. You added some pieces of the offensive line. The defense isn't completely devoid of talent. In fact, there's some bright spots on there. This team is close to being a team who could get into contention. It just needs Baker Mayfield to play well, which I'm not 100% sure is something that exists anymore. Especially because he's paired, he's paired with McAdoo. McAdoo doesn't help either, which I guess some guys are better coordinators than coaches. We'll find out. Speaking of people who shouldn't be coaching in the league, Cliff Kingsbury and the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Falcons, Arizona Cardinals. That was a Freudian slip on how sure low was. I am on Arizona, but Arizona is in a weird spot, especially to start the season. Their star wide receiver is missing. They lack a little bit of an identity on offense, I think, despite this, oh, we're going to run this, you know, this air raid and this is us. And it's like, well, guess what? It's actually kind of predictable and it doesn't always work. And if your quarterback is even a little dinged up, your offense takes 10 steps back. The defense is old. It's not going to be as good. That's taking steps back. I think this team is properly rated and will miss the playoffs. Yes, um, properly rated is correct. I have them 19th in my rankings as well. They're expected to be a top 10 offense, which I'm fine with. They're expected to be the 28th best defense, which I am fine with. What I'm not fine with is that they paid everyone after a campaign that was pretty uh, suspect last year. Um, Cliff Kingsbury getting an extension is laughable. Steve Kime getting an extension is laughable. Uh, Kime's, you know, just general stewardship of this roster is not great. He has made, he's taken some gambles that have paid off, but overall his deployment of draft capital has been an F. And I think ultimately Kyler Murray's health will determine whether this is a nine and seven team or a seven and nine team. Moving on to your Minnesota Vikings. Stock is up on these guys. There have been a lot of people who have been trying to figure out how you fade the Packers because they're going to take a step back offensively, and it has taken a while for the market to settle on the Vikings are that team. Most of the optimism about the Vikings is circled entirely on the shoulders of Justin Jefferson, who is expected to elevate Kirk Cousins to a top-10 quarterback performance and elevate this offense 
um, to the potentially scoring 30 points a game. Meanwhile, the defense to me looks like a huge, 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 huge suspect problem. I don't think that you are going to get the run defense you need uh, to be able to give your team an opportunities to come back in games. And even under, you know, even if Kevin O'Connell, the new coach turns out to be a forward thinking individual, um, this entire experience, it looks and feels and seems very familiar to the 2021 LA chargers. And I think ultimately if they are power rated as a top you know, top uh, 12 team, but are somehow losing games that they should not lose. It's going to be because of the run defense and it's going to be uh, a head scratcher for a lot of people who are betting on and losing on the Vikings. Yeah. And when you said on the uh, squarely on the shoulders, I thought you might be saying Kevin O'Connell rather than what the Justin Jefferson you went with. Although Justin Jefferson has high, high, high expectations for this year. So does Kirk Cousins who's shown that, Maybe he hasn't exactly plateaued. You have a high-end running back. You have some nice pieces maybe starting to gel a little on the offensive line. Defense is suspect in spots, starting to age out, but the pass rush could be a bright spot. It's a team that definitely competes for the NFC North, especially if the Packers are to take a step back. They probably rated a little lower in the market than I would have them, which is probably true of the next team as well, the New Orleans Saints of New Orleans. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are another team who maybe got a, it was a little bit of an afterthought last year. As people kind of forget some of those lost seasons. They call them lost seasons for a reason. You lost your quarterback. You're switching coaches here. It's it's a bit of a, and not only that, you you didn't have your playmaker wide receiver for the whole season. You get Thomas back. You bring in Olave. You, you get hopefully a full season of Jameis, and we get to see what this offense is with the new coaching staff has good defensive pieces. The ceiling for this team is winning their division and probably winning a playoff game or two because it has you know the the blueprint of a team that can stop the run if they need to and score some points through the air. It is a team that could maybe win as an underdog in the playoffs if things work out well, but it goes as Jameis and some of these other pieces goes. If Thomas isn't 100% and Jameis doesn't play well, the floor is also pretty low. Oh, great call. Yeah, huge range of outcomes. Could be this is a potentially a double digit win team if if you as you said, Jameis clicks. Uh, but if he reverts at all and is turning the ball over, then this is potentially uh, you know, a bottom ten type of a team. Um Currently market ranking their offense twenty first, that is too low. Currently market ranking their defense sixth, that is too high. What does it mean when you have a market is off on the offense low and off on the defense high? That means this is an over team i think there are going to be a lot of opportunities to bet overs with the saints this year and adding to the mix the potential that james winston regresses a little bit in terms of his turnover percentage just puts more fuel on that fire so i think uh that my betting plan of attack over the season is going to be backing overs i got a little bit of five to one to win the south in pocket that number is long gone i would not bet the saints at the current market numbers uh, because i think ultimately there's going to be a nice entry point on the bucks later this season tennessee titans Number 16. Boy, does that seem high. Uh, this is uh, and basically expected to be a team that is a half a point better than average. Um, and if you go solely based on defense, I agree with that. This defense looks like a top 10 unit to me, particularly up the middle where they are quite, quite talented. Um, Jeffrey Simmons, potential breakout player of the year on defensive side of the ball. I have some long shot prices on him for defensive player of the year. And I think in general, Tennessee's offense is the issue and is the question here. They are not a very forward thinking team in general in terms of the way they run their offense on top of the fact that the organization told you this offseason that they quit on Ryan Tannehill. They needed if they had restructured his contract and had lowered his cap hit, they could have kept AJ Brown, they could have invested in the offensive line. Instead, they elected to basically send him on his way. I think realistically, a slow start to the season for the Tennessee Titans is in order considering how hard their schedule is, at which point it is Malik Willis time uh, as they evaluate if they got a steal in last year's draft before deciding where to move forward with this franchise at the quarterback position very realistic that they are tanking this season and that they will bounce back quickly and be a contender in the AFC in years to come because they are a front office, at least that seems to be able to self-evaluate better than other front offices. 
Yeah, team number three that is sabotaging their own quarterback. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, just the, the moves they made, what you're starting, and maybe Robert Woods is fine, but your number one is coming off a fair injury, and your number two has three names, and I don't know. Like, the, the wide receiver room leaves a little bit to desire, considering they basically had, what, two or three Hall of Famers come through in the last five years in the receiving yeah. room, and now we're stuck with Robert Woods, which – it, it does feel like uh, if this starts slow because of the schedule and we get some bad play because of the sabotage, we get to evaluate Malik Willis. I'm yeah, I'm down in this team. That is another reason, like I said, I'm fine with the Jags' long shot in this division. Everybody's favorite division champ, yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles, got that dog in them. My goodness, everybody, the whole world has come together to fall in love with this team. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm okay with it. I still don't know if I have a big enough sample size to really know what Sirianni is. I know I don't have enough sample size to know what Hertz is, but boy, they put a good roster together. And they that's did. the thing, like even the floor of if we get the worst of what we saw from Hertz, it's still like this is a good team because it it has to be. You have this many good players and we saw some glimpses of it last year. So I don't hate the, you know, the market's uh, willingness to embrace this team. A lot of people have made some really good cases for Sirianni coach of the year, plenty of bets on them to win the division, the conference, the Super Bowl, to make the playoffs, everything like that. So I'm an Eagles buyer. I don't have much in, uh, you know, my full season portfolio, but this is a team I'll look to back. And, you know, if they end up in the playoffs, I'll look to continue to back because that means if they've win this division and they end up in the playoffs, it means it's worked out at the, with the offensive mm. scheming and the quarterback, and I'm con- I'll continue to take them then. Mm. Yeah. So team number one that went all in around their quarterback. Uh, stark, stark uh, contrast to some of the ones that are sabotaging their quarterback. Um, all in around Hurts. Way that they've rostered this squad. Um, sick, sick, sick in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, solid weapons in the passing game. Solid weapons in uh, in in uh, the secondary even, which is somewhat of a surprise. Um, and I think uh, this is an easy, 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 easy schedule. Easiest schedule for any good team, uh, which means regular season success is to be expected. Um, and I am not with you in terms of expecting them to do much in the playoffs. I think that they don't match up well against the beasts in the NFC who could sneak their way in. At which point, uh, I think this Philly team is a playoff fade. I like them against um, Minnesota. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I mean, if they're matched up against a you know an afterthought that sneaks their way in, then that's fine. But if they're matched up against some of the blue bloods, then I'm not feeling great about backing Philly, even if they are at home. But I think being at home throughout the playoffs is in play. This team has a ceiling that is number one seed potential and i think that's the way you bet into the upside here i think you bet into the long shots of they get the one seed in the nfc they well 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 exceed their win total didn't you uh, get involved in a win total ladder for these guys oh yeah i did that's what i have <laughs> I'm, I'm like i know i have some eagles money just couldn't remember where i have too many futures bets at this point yeah third let's get 13 wins i think that's third. entirely i think that's entirely reasonable considering how weak this schedule is um, and uh, just in general, how talented the roster is. So team number two that built went all in around their quarterback, the number 14 Miami Dolphins. Stock is up on this team throughout the preseason for the market, but I am not necessarily there. I did not like what we saw from Stinky Tua. Uh, and in general, is he, uh, you know, is he above the, uh, you know, replacement level for a quarterback? Sure. Uh, but is he going to, you know, take a year three leap, which is effectively his year two leap because of the hip injury he sustained and how few starts he's made? Um, I'm not there. Mike McDaniel, I'm concerned about his ability to command the locker room, particularly considering what his scheme may look like, can, you know, in stark contrast with what his quarterbacks can accomplish you know what his quarterback can accomplish and what his skill position players thrive doing um it feels like a lot of pieces that don't really fit together and i think the defense is going to take a massive step backwards 
so this is a team that I'm betting overs in general, just because I don't think the 11th ranked defense is very realistic. Um, but I am not at a 14 power ranking for the Dolphins. I think the you know, market says one and point one points better than average. I'm more like one point one below average for these guys. So opportunities to fade the Dolphins as we go through the season, but mostly I'm going to be doing that by betting their opponents team total over. Yeah, we'll see how a team responds to a new coach who looks like he should be wearing a Geek Squad shirt and showing up at a van to your house to fix your MacBook. I don't know. <laughs> certainly it's the antithesis of, uh, of our guy up in Detroit, Mr. Campbell. Anti-Dan but, Campbell, uh, yeah. Anti-Dan Campbell, but he has a lot of steam behind him as being a, you know an offensive innovator. He comes from a good tree. It still comes down to Stinky Tua. Stinky Tua stinks. It has a low range despite having – this much talent on the roster, talent all over, and 900 running backs. I'm not there. I think they're rated about fine. I have them right at zero. I have them off the neutral team. So I'm not uh, I'm not too keen on fading them yet because of the upside, but I'm certainly not a buyer. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders of Las Vegas, I just got to say those team names over so I can nail the cities that they currently reside in, <laughs> are probably under – underrated by the market for a few years now, maybe swinging so hard to the other way where people are in love with him. And I get it. He's good, but he has had good receivers around him and they've had uh, a scheme that allowed him to sling it a little. And they've been behind a bunch or in games with like the chargers where you needed to score 40 points to stay in these games or the chiefs got those games have been something in the past few years, lots of talent on this team. They've got their wide receiver one. Their ceiling for their wide receiver and their tight end are both to be the best in the league at their position. That's a good spot to be in at this at this uh, juncture in the NFL's kind of evolution. Some question marks because of the bad drafting the last few years, but a few pieces took some step forwards on the on the defensive side. I'm okay with this team being right where they're at. I have them above average, despite being in a tough conference, a tough division. They have the and they have the schedule too, where this team could win enough to sneak into a playoff spot. Yeah, same feeling with uh, properly ranked, but I think within division they are a little underrated. We are this is uh, we are at uh, team thirteen. This is the first AFC West team we've mentioned. All four AFC West teams are in the top thirteen. I would have uh, This is uh, I know we'll get to Denver in their ranking in a second, but the Vegas. The Vegas Raiders are, um, they would be the eighth ranked AFC team right now. So they're on the outside looking in, in terms of playoff, but I don't think it's unrealistic. You know, I don't think they are unrealistic in terms of being in the mix. You mentioned bad drafting. Most of the bad drafting was first round picks and it's easy to point and laugh at how bad that's gone, but they've found some diamonds in the rough, the Max Crosby's of the world, the Hunter Renfro's of the world. They have decent players on this team uh, it's like they you know, left the room after the first yeah. <laughs> or, vice or, or yeah or he was just a grinder and only was working on down the board assumed that they would get the top picks right and they never did um, but whatever the case is they have good players this team is very talented and for what it's worth Derek Carr was given zero opportunities to succeed last year with the way that they stripped down that offensive line the way that they you know they sabotaged him last year heading into the season and all he did was hold that team together while their coach resigned and their wide receiver one went to jail and he kept them together and played them to a playoff game road game almost beating the Super Bowl representative Cincinnati Bengals so Carr now with a stable voice in the room and with McDaniels I think Ken's you know put together a solid season here and you know is a factor for the playoffs um, I think you bet on upside with this team potentially either making the playoffs with the market expecting only a 40% chance and or winning the AFC West where if you can get anything better than like a six to one type of price moving up to market down and the Dallas Cowboys. It's easy to see why they lost one most, of the only, most one injured of the, team already. They're not the most injured team in my mind. That's the bucks, but most, oh, most, most critically like lost the piece that they could least afford to lose. Yeah, at um, all the wrong spots. At all the wrong spots, yeah. Uh, this Dallas Cowboys offense was going to take a step backwards this year with the uh, with just in general with the way that they've rostered the team. Um, but that has gotten worse with the loss of Tyron Smith 
the for this at least the first three quarters of the season. Um, Dallas now all of a sudden a precarious O line. Dak who doesn't play great when under pressure uh, and uh, a receiver room that is all of a sudden looking very lean with uh, CD Lamb and a bunch of guys that are going to have to find roles. Um, defense I think is underrated. Market has been going bananas all offseason about how it was unsustainable the way that this defense performed last year because they got so many turnovers, so many takeaways, and they scored a bunch of freaking touchdowns on special teams and defense also. And while I agree with all that, there are still really talented players on this defense and maybe the most talented defensive player in the league in Micah Parsons. They are not a 20th ranked unit by my numbers. I think they are a top half of the league defense, even with regression coming. Um, and uh, I think in general, Cowboys to the under uh, game by game is going to be a solid play until the market adjusts. Yeah, I agree. The offense was always going to take a step back and now it's taken Three steps back, I'll close with that. The wide receiver core isn't what it was going to be, and then it suffered an injury. You're going to be reliant on a rookie, which I hope works out because I have an offensive rookie of the year ticket. You're having trouble on the offensive line, and now you have an owner who has more than just bluster to him, actual influence over what happens in the games, saying that they want to run the ball more. So out on the Dallas offense. And speaking of being out on offenses, Green Bay, not only relying on one rookie, relying on two rookies probably to step up bigly with their Hall of Fame quarterback, make something happen up there with a roster that's been oddly constructed at times, but has still worked because they have a decent leader of men, a decent idea of what they want the offense to be, enough pieces to make it happen and the buy-in of Aaron Rodgers for at least the last couple of years. You never know where this guy's head's at. Obviously, full, full-on news cycle for him during the offseason. We'll see if we get the man who is, was bought in and engaged over the last two years or the guy from three, four years ago who was looking like he was going to retire mid-game at some points. Yeah, very, very, very fragile situation that they've built themselves here. Have not loved their draft decisions or their roster-building vision over the last couple of years here in Green Bay. And the offense is going to take a major step backwards with the uh, absence of Devontae Adams. And, uh, and in general, a bunch of offensive coaches, too. OC coordinator Nate Hackett, gone. Mm -hmm. Bunch of offensive assistants, gone. Um, this is going to be a very different looking offense. It may catch some teams by surprise early in the season. It's going to be a lot of AJ Dillon. You're going to get a lot of Aaron Jones. I mean, your most dynamic passing threat is probably Aaron Jones. So it's going to be a weird looking team. The market is ranking this offense number seven overall right now, which I find absolutely hilariously stupid. Um, that should be at best league average offense um, questions at the offensive line in terms of health uh, defense right now ranked 13th in the NFL that can go up though I think that this defense is rostered very very well in terms of talent and I'd like Joe Barry's scheme generally for the current age of the way that the NFL is played um, that said they're very light they can be pushed around they can be run on and if this run defense doesn't get to the Mendoza line then the Green Bay Packers are going to be like a 6 and 11 surprise what the hell happened type of team in my mind um ultimately i expect this defense to finish top five uh which would elevate the packers into a playoff spot if not an nfc north championship but it is going to be tough for them and i think uh, the growing pains on the offense are going to be present and obvious for the duration of the season because of who they have to throw the ball to indianapolis colts are the number 10 power ranked team by market my goodness gracious, has this been a little bit of an overreaction over the balance of the season on how good this team can actually be. Um, yes, Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Yes, there are break. there is breakout potential for Michael Pittman Jr. In fact, I love him for most receiving yards of 50 to 1 is in pocket, and I think uh, that's good down to like 30 to 1. Um, but this Indianapolis Colts team still has issues in pass protection from the standpoint, uh, you know, from the offensive line. Uh, and uh, I think in general, the defense being taken over by Gus Bradley is a negative. Um, I'm not a Gus Bradley guy. I don't love some of the cornerback you know, depth here beyond Gilmore. So um, a fifth-ranked expected defense is, is, is not correct in my mind. Uh, and a 13th-ranked offense, I think, can go up. So what does that mean? 
I think the Colts are a team that goes over totals, particularly early in the season. Um, but I think that they are a little bit of a fraudulent favorite at their current market price to win the AFC South. Yeah, I don't love them where they're ranked, but I still have enough hate in my heart and my numbers for everybody else in the division that I still just think they win the division and are a quicker out in the playoffs. Um, I'm fine with the move at quarterback. You had to do something that wasn't wins, but it's probably not. Uh, I was about to say the long-term answer. Of course, it's not the long-term answer. He's old, but it's <laughs> maybe not the answer to getting past the elites in the AFC. So I see this team coasting to a division championship and then having a cap of one possible playoff win at that point. Okay. The Bengals just talked about regression comes for everyone, but it comes in different ways. And if you do things like the 2018 bears and you rely on a quarterback who was doing some wild things that were well above his head and a lot of turnover luck, maybe regression comes for you quickly. But if you do things the right way, where you put together a defensive scheme that's unique and hard to predict, and you have a dynamic passing offense, maybe regression comes a little slower, a little lighter. I do think this team is very, very live to win their division. All things considered with the step back, two other teams are very much going to take and how thin the roster in Baltimore is. So we just talked about this team, 11, 12 wins, absolutely within their grasp, which is wild. I think they win more games than they did last year, but then do more poorly in the playoffs. That's a very valid expectation. Yep. Yeah. Year three leap potentially for Joe Burrow. Year two leap potentially for Jamar Chase keeps this team squarely in the top five potential of offenses. Uh, investments in the offensive line. Also, again, the floor for this offense in my mind is like top eight. I think realistically this is could go as high as top three, uh, but is, you know, median expectation top five offense. Um, the value for me is Bengals at plus 170 right now to win the AFC North. Uh, there is only, There are only two elite teams in the NFL. They are Buffalo and Kansas City. Everybody else is fighting for the top spot in that second tier, and I think that the ceiling for the Bengals is that spot. Uh, clearly, they could be the third best team in the AFC, uh, get, considering some of the questions that I have about the likes of the Chargers, the Broncos, the Ravens, the Colts, uh, and the, the Raiders. So um, a team that I'm buying uh, stock in right now, schedule starts easy. They get out to a 10-2 and two type of start, and you're going to be able to capitalize on equity that is in pocket uh, with this Bengals squad. Great um, coordinators, and uh, in general, uh, I, I think this is the train is leaving the station in terms of uh, you know believing in Joe Burrow being a long-term elite quarterback in the NFL. Moving on to a quarterback that we know nothing about, Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers, the eighth best team in the NFL. Andy, we have not seen what this quarterback will give us, which means that the Niners represent the broadest range of outcomes of all NFL teams. Um, if Trey Lance is good, this Niners team is the best in the NFC. If Trey Lance is bad, this Niners team might still make the playoffs, but probably, you know, could finish as low as below 500. Uh, the abs, you know, the, the strengths of this team are clearly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, questions with the offensive line uh, and how that will gel with Trey Lance has me, hesitant to buy stock in the Niners now other than the super long shot stuff that I already have in pocket like Lance MVP. Um, I think the fact that the Niners played the Rams so early in the season before their offensive line gels and well that we know or at least expect that the Rams are going to be more healthy. I think that is bad for the Niners potential to win the NFC West. Um, but uh, ultimately I am more excited to watch San Francisco 49ers games than I am to watch basically any other team besides the Buffalo Bills this season. Yeah, I'm uh, like you said, a lot of questions to be answered, and it's wild to see a team power rated this high with a quarterback who started about two games. We just don't know what we're getting. He looked a little tentative at times, but he's a rookie. I don't know what, what you want from him. A lot of talent on this roster, and they were absolutely bitten by the injury bug for like two consecutive years. So if this is a healthy team, like you said, they might make the playoffs anyway, even if we don't have the quarterback. And if Lance works out, if he was merit, merited to be picked that high, 
than Christ. This is a Super Bowl contender, which is maybe why they're maybe why they're they have a wide range outcomes, I believe. Um, let's do the Los Angeles teams right in a row. The Rams, I'm fine with this. Like they won yep. the Super Bowl. I don't think they were the best team last year. They had a very, very, very high end roster. It was very, very thin, and we said so much. They didn't get injured though. And we said if they don't get injured, they're going to be good. They were great. In fact, they added pieces. You added a defensive stud. You added another wide receiver, which helped because he lost one. And they ended up winning a bunch of close games in the playoffs, getting it done. Good for McVay. Like it's, it was nice to see somebody I actually believe in get a Super Bowl ring, uh, even maybe Stafford to a certain extent. I think a lot of that's repeatable. The one part that's absolutely out of their hands is the injury stuff. The injury luck goes the wrong way. They're still thin. They could drop quickly into the three spot in this division. But right now, the ceiling is right where they ended up last year. Being very competitive to win this division and win or be competitive in any playoff game they're in again. Yep. This team is super bowl or bust. Uh, and they are playing with fire with the Stafford injury. But if Stafford gives you uh, a mostly a mostly healthy season and is ready to go in January, then they are a factor in the NFC and do not overlook them. They match up brilliantly against the likes of the Bucks. They match up poorly against the likes of the Packers, which will be interesting to see how their path materializes and whether you ultimately want to be holding a ticket on the Rams towards the end of the season. They have strong home field advantage. Uh, they have elite defensive personnel, but again, as Andy mentioned, they're thin. And I think ultimately I have, I've placed zero bets on the Rams to this point, and I will not be placing bets on them until uh, we know a little bit better uh, what this playoff roster looks like. The LA Chargers, similarly, I am on the sidelines. Haven't made many bets for the LA Chargers on or against, and I'm cautiously pessimistic about what the ceiling of this team would be, even though they have an absolutely ridiculously talented roster. They added, uh, you know, this is team number three now that went all in on a quarterback on a rookie deal. Uh, and rightfully so, because Justin Herbert is a top three quarterback in the NFL at this moment. And I think if they catch some breaks, if variance bounces in their direction, the Chargers are, you know, if, if, and if their run defense is above Mendoza line, then the Chargers are going to be your last undefeated team. And they're going to be in the race for the one seed in the AFC, which would set them up well to do something interesting in the playoffs, even though it would be Herbert's first time through the ringer uh, i think the fact that herbert has never played a playoff game that this team as a unit has never gone to the playoffs is one of the reasons i'm on the sidelines um, and if the run defense does not meet that mendoza line i could see the chargers being the one team in the afc west that is left out of the dance yet again yeah that is the the biggest thing is probably the lack of experience in the playoffs for a guy like justin herbert i think very high upside can be you know, continue to be a high-end quarterback. Ceiling is for sure to be a top five, top three quarterback in the whole damn league, but it is tough to reckon with. Hey, guess what? This is your first playoff game. Uh, we did see that last year where we saw, you know, uh, our guy up in Cincinnati have his first playoff game and then have three more. But, <laughs> you know, he also played a peach ball last a couple of years before that in front of like, what, 80,000 people beat the pants off Oklahoma and then took care of Clemson in, the, in a game with, I think there's more fans at both of those games than can fit in any arena. It's not like he hasn't been in a big game. So yeah. Conference of Champions maybe doesn't uh, doesn't translate as quickly. That part scares me. Otherwise, you're right. They built around him. They added extra pieces to a defense that can be super good. And they have weapons at the receiving and in the running back spot to really help this kind of become an elite offense. This team has ceiling of best team in the league. Like it, it yeah. can be there if everything works out. It can be right up there with Buffalo and Kansas City. That's another problem. Buffalo and Kansas City are in your in your conference. So tough, tough sledding. One of those is even in your division. Uh, in the division and really hard for me to make sense of Denver is the fifth ranked team by the market. I don't know if they're ranking it by how much you're paying your quarterback. That would be the only <laughs> thing that makes sense. I'd have them closer to 10th. I'm flummoxed by this. They have a bunch of receivers who are supposed to be good, but they're young and mostly untested. And you have a quarterback coming off an injury where we 
assuming he should be fine, but we've never got to see him really play in a new system like this. So there's a lot of ifs and buts, candy and nuts, and I don't know if you're having a mile high Merry Christmas because this is there's a lot of question marks around a team that they're going to rank this high in the market. I would have them a little lower. I'm a sell on this team for sure. And a new At head coach. Price, yeah. Yeah, at this price, new head coach, new quarterback, young everything, and maybe a little bit of aging in spots on the defense, I can't reckon with them being fifth. I agree with that 100%. And I would even say that the Russell Wilson contract extension takes any pressure away from this team to win this year. Like, yeah. that, you know, I, this is a, this is going to be a long arc between Hackett and Wilson now. And honestly, they should use this year to figure out exactly how they want to build the offense around Wilson. Um, because I don't know that they have the pieces in place right now. Uh, they're going to have to make some moves on the offensive line and at the wide receiver room, tight end position to kind of find pieces that fit better together with what Wilson can do. And I think Wilson himself, I am buyer beware because the league effectively solved him by running the too high concept. And while we saw that generally employed to stop the Chiefs and Mahomes, Chiefs and Mahomes adapted quite well to be able to you know, counter that. We have never seen. Wilson solved that. And so the fact that in general defenses, particularly in his division may have yeah. him may have his number uh, lowers the potential for this offense. Now the market is ranking the offense 17th. That's a little low. <laughs> I think they probably should be like around 12th, but the market is ranking this defense first overall, which is absolutely bananas. I mean, that doesn't make sense whatsoever. They get a little bit of a bump, of course, playing in mile high, like the field position game and in general, like the altitude effects do, do help the defense. Um, but expecting them to end the season as the number one defense is absolutely mind-blowingly wrong, in my opinion. I think this is like the, if they finish top 10, then things went well. Um, and so I think this is probably a team you should circle, particularly on the road, to try to back some overs. Um, and, uh, you know, just hope that Wilson isn't solved on that given day, which moves us up to another major disagreement. Baltimore is fourth. And while they have a top four quarterback in Lamar Jackson, the cupboard is bare, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, everybody, everybody and their mother has made the case about how many games they lost due to injury last year and expecting those players back and expecting those players to perform at their pre-injury level seems to be the norm. But even with that assumption, I am not anywhere close to getting this offense to the 11th best in the NFL. The defense currently ranked second is their absolute ceiling. Uh, and so I think that Baltimore is a sell at this price. I think ultimately, uh, you know, I would like to see Lamar Jackson stay in Baltimore. I'd like to see him get paid. He wants Deshaun Watson money, which he is, has earned, considering his performance through the handful of years we've seen him. Um, but this Baltimore Ravens team looks perilously close to a full rebuild, considering how old the good pieces are and in general how much talent is lacking on the offensive side of the ball. This is a sell until further review, in my mind. Horrid wide receiver room. You're relying on a, a, basically a rookie who was injured last year to be your wide receiver one while expecting a bunch of positive regression due to injuries. They will run the ball well, and that's about all I can expect from them. I don't know if the passing game will be any good. I'm not sure if the defense will continue to play at the level they've been able to. That's hopeful. I would have this as a top 10 team. This is borderline team number four that's sabotaging their QB? Yeah, this is. I think this is team number four. And that's the other thing, too. If you sign him to the big, big deal, you're in such a weird spot with the rest of your salary that you have an expensive quarterback and a bare cupboard again through not sabotage, but just how the cap works, or you get rid of him and then you are in a rebuild. So I'm uh, curious to what's going on in the front office here. But, yeah, I'm, I'm calling this sabotage team number four um and then we'll move on to the tampa bay buccaneers who you alluded to maybe the most snake bitten team preseason losing offensive linemen left and right um that was something we talked about during their postseason run two years ago that's a theme right now if you want to play in your home division or your home arena for the super bowl all you have to do is not get hurt the whole year go sign a new quarterback not go oh, who, who did that who got a new quarterback in town 
and is due for some good injury luck and also plays uh, and also is hosting the Super Bowl this year. We'll have to figure that out. But, yeah, this, uh, the, the injury luck is catching up to them quickly here. They have a quarterback who's – I don't know where his head's at. He retired already, came back, had some time away from the team, and then, like we said, the offensive line injuries are a little troubling. This defense should be elite – if the offensive line pops back into place, it should be good. You have two good to great receivers, and actually you have some depth at receiver as well. It should be a very good team, but if the offensive line plays poorly, you do need to remember you have a senior citizen playing behind him, and an injury to him would be catastrophic as Blaine Gabbert does not keep this roster as a top-10 team. That's correct. And uh, it, this is not a sabotage by the team themselves, but maybe more by the football gods taking away Tom Brady's interior offensive line in totality. Uh, oh. And then, and then uh, limiting his wide receivers. Uh, you know, the, the squad that Brady is starting the season with should not be power ranked number three. In my mind, there are way, way, way too many holes. Cluster injury at offensive line is a problem, um, but the defense looks elite in my mind. Um, Todd Bowles running the ship now from Bruce Arians. And in general, Todd Bowles has a one-trick pony when it comes to defensive scheming. He is very aggressive. He is going to blitz you. And if you are a quarterback that does not have adequate protection and or uh, perform well when under pressure, then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to smother you. That said, uh, the Brady deal with the retirement uh, and then coming back and then missing a bunch of camp, presumably so he could go on vacation without his family, uh, was very, very weird. That's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I, a, I guess it's a 40. Yeah, it's a, it's a, he's 45. He's, he can do whatever he wants. Tom versus family time uh, is uh, is apparently very real. Um, but um, I'm expecting this team to treat the first four weeks of the season, which are absolute hell, like an extended preseason. I think they're going to figure out, you know, figure all the pieces uh, that are new, let the wide receivers come back to full strength. And then starting week five is sort of the official start to their campaign, at which point I will be a buyer on the Bucks, assuming that Tom Brady himself does not get injured uh, between now and then. So football gods not smiling on the Buccaneers now. Um, market too high on them now, uh, but a team to circle and buy at the right time, which is the ever long, evergreen plan for the Kansas City Chiefs cannot leave a hole in your portfolio that has an arrowhead shape to it you must at some point address the Chiefs in some way because they are always a factor four straight years hosting the AFC title game uh, Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid return and are the most dynamic quarterback coach combination in the NFL on the offensive side especially and even in a very tough division where the margin has narrowed between you and all four other teams, all three other teams, they have to be considered the favorites. I mentioned already that I think there are only two elite teams in the NFL, them and Buffalo. And the entire notion of them being elite is assuming that Mahomes can pick up where he left off, even in the absence of Tyree Hill and have a top three offense because he is that good and that talented and that capable of hitting a home run on any single drop back. Defense, top 10, not not so fast, my friend. That is an overrated defense if I've ever seen it. Uh, I think in general, Kansas City's success this year relies on the defense at least being league average and the offense being elite as always. And with that, I will uh, look for an opportunity to bet on them once they figure things out. Yeah, it's hard to bet against the best quarterback in the league, one of the best coaches in the league, a coaching staff that stayed mostly intact, and, you know, uh, while not a top 10 defense, a very serviceable defense and a team that's just done it for a long time and has a lot of experience in the playoffs, uh, I want the Kansas City-Buffalo AFC title game. I want that in my life. Um, I don't know if we'll get it if we don't see big step forwards by basically everybody in the receiving core to fill the hole that was Tyreek Hill, not only as a deep passer, but as a, just a dangerous weapon. I mean, he was like a CMC Jonathan Taylor Eckler type weapon with the ball in his hands as a short yardage receiver. That And then he was just like those guys, but faster. So it's hard and it's not hard. It's impossible to replace Tyreek Hill. You can't do it. They're going to try. I still think the the team will be just fine. And hopefully we see, 
like you said, a very fun playoff matchup rematch that stays out of overtime this time between Buffalo and Kansas City, which leads us to the great wild northern expanse of New York State. Buffalo, our final team, deserved. Um, we've said this team's ranked too high, this team's ranked too low, this team's Goldilocks and just fine. This is exactly what I'm saying of this team. They are ranked properly. This roster is constructed in the right way. They lucked out big with Josh Allen. There are so many quarterbacks <laughs> who have big, big problems. Looking at you, Stinky Tua, who just are incapable of either overcoming that or having the coaching staff and the gumption to overcome that. They, the pieces just aren't there for them to make such strides as we saw from Josh Allen. I could go through my whole life maybe watching football and not see someone take a step forward like that. He is at the point where he can and may win the MVP of the league this year. If the team plays to their level, that's a bet I have in my pocket and I think has a very good chance to cash. This team has a absolute wide receiver one. This team has an absolute tight end one. This team has a couple of decent running backs, a good to great defense. And yes, we lost a coordinator. That is the biggest bugaboo here. But again, <laughs> it's a team with a bunch of experience, has been to the playoffs a few years in a row now, has made some deep runs now. And I think uh, I think we're there. I think this is time to exercise the demons of the early 90s. The Jim Kelly, Andre Reed, Thurman Thomas. Oh man, those were those were super exciting fun teams that almost got there. This might be the one that breaks through for the Beefalo Bills. You're muted. Your camera went away for a second. I don't know if you were doing nudity. You're still muted. Yeah, you hit it twice, I think. Okay, so talk about, about Buffalo? Oh, no, Buffalo's number. I was getting a phone call by accident. Uh Buffalo number one with a bullet. You can't get a phone call by accident. Somebody called you on purpose. Well, no, somebody called on purpose, but I but was not expecting unexpected that meant. Uh, Buffalo number one with the bullet. Uh, Super Bowl or bust. Josh Allen is my MVP. And uh, ultimately, Josh Allen is the perfect playoff quarterback. Uh, I'm, if they do not succeed, it is because Sean McDermott makes questionable decisions in game in terms of when to punt, when to go for it. In general, he wants to run too much. Hopefully, all of the smoke about running more and using Josh Allen on the ground less is a regular, early regular season issue, not a, uh, uh, not a, not something that we would expect for the playoffs. And uh, um, slightly worried that the defense regresses. I don't think they're a top five unit, uh, surely, because uh, Les Fraser can be schemed well against. Uh, and if in general um, he doesn't have the right game plan on a given day, then they're going to give up points. And it's up to Josh Allen to outscore you, uh, which he can do in, uh, in in basically every scenario. So um, I'm high on Buffalo. I think they get it done. I think this is their year. And uh, with that, I think uh, they beat the who in the, in the Super Bowl, for, in your opinion. Buffalo over Philly. Oh, wow. That's hot take. Very good. That's a fun one. All right. Well, uh, we did 32 of these. We did this preview. I hope you have a good Labor Day. We're going to run. Do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on the podcast. Put your Super Bowl prediction in there. We'll revisit that at the end of the year. Quick addendum. Harold Landry tore his ACL yesterday. Yikes. Um, that is a big blow to a team that Oof. we were already cold on. The Do not like. Couldn't. Uh, it's not a good thing for anybody to have a high-end rusher like that lose his entire season. So that's a tough, tough break for him. I like him a lot. Um, obviously this happened on Thursday when we recorded this and you're looking at this Monday old news for you, but uh, I just wanted to mention it to Drew as we play us out. We'll catch you Wednesday. Man, bummer. bummer on yeah. It well. always ha I mean, it's the preseason. I feel like we've been light on. Yeah, we definitely have. Sleep. We definitely have. Haven't had as many as you usually do. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Good job, man. That was perfect. We almost did it. Oh, we were so close.